Hello and welcome to the Bikes or Death podcast. This is Patrick and I'm your host. This is a show that talks about bikepacking, adventuring, and the cool people who participate. This show is uh, a little bit different. Um, if you've been following along, you'll know that I recently went on a bikepacking trip to Big Ben Ranch State Park with Jared Foster and his adventure media class. Um, it was a super awesome experience and I am going through all that audio right now uh, getting it ready to put into a podcast and while I was doing that I came across one particular audio file that I've decided to release as a standalone podcast. Um, This interview is with Anna Claire and she and I sat down on the morning on morning of day two of this bikepacking trip and we were all filling up water, getting ready for the day. And she and I had some time where we were just sitting there in a dry Creek bed to, to chat. So I asked her if she'd uh, do a, do a podcast or do a little interview with me and she obliged. And it's, you know, I was thinking a little five minute conversation, but we wound up talking for like 25 minutes or so. And it was so good that, like I said, I decided I was just going to go ahead and release it. Um, all right, but first, let's get to some housekeeping. Uh, if you want to keep up with me and the show and what we've got going on, you can find me at Bikes for Death on Instagram. And I just uh, launched a Facebook group as well. So uh, if you're on Facebook and on Instagram, that's fine. You can find us there. Uh, of course, it's Bikes for Death. And of course, you can find me on Patreon at Bikes or Death. And for as little as $1 a month, heck, if you only subscribe for like a month and give me a dollar and then you unsubscribe, I'm going to send you a sticker, a Bikes or Death podcast sticker. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking to yourself right now, I should probably subscribe as a Patreon for a dollar and then drop it a month later and give me a free sticker. And you should, you should do that. And I, I'd appreciate it. It's more than just the money part. It's you've heard the saying you vote with your dollars. Well, when people take the time to go to Patreon, type in bikes or death, go through the process and kick a few dollars into my bank account. Number one, I'm like, Holy shit people really are appreciating this, but also you are helping the show be better. And what I mean by that is I, I have personally financed the entire show. My ideal situation is that it's a community supported show. Uh, if you listen to my last, last episode with Tom and Indy, um, the audio quality was not as good as I would like. And that's because my mobile podcasting studio uh, is only designed to record two people. So my goal right now with Patreon is to get to $400, at which point I'm going to buy a new digital recorder that can record uh, multiple guests up to four at one time, um, which I think will be great. I'd love to get more multi-guest shows. And Anna Claire is actually a perfect example of that because Uh, As you'll hear, she and a friend of hers are trying to put on a women-specific bikepacking festival. And uh, I really want to interview both of those ladies together, and I will. It would be better if I had the right equipment. 
All right. I beat a dead horse. I get it. Go to Patreon and also like and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. And that's it. That's all I have. Let's get to the show. All right, so Anna Claire, is that right? Or yes, Anna Claire. you can call me AC. <laughs> Anna Claire, yep. So what are what capacity are you here on this trip? Like, what is your role in this trip? So I um, have a wilderness first responder certification. So I'm here kind of as the medic in the event of something happening since Big Bend um, is so remote. If, we, if someone were to get in a bad crash... Um, you're looking at two hours to the nearest hospital, and that's after you get somebody out of the backcountry. So it's just nice to have someone yeah. who knows how to do that stuff. So that's why I'm here. And then I was also a student of the class last year. Was that your first experience in a in a, like having an experience like this, um, bike packing and camping and all that, or what kind of experience did you have coming into that? So I grew up camping a lot, um, and went on my first backpacking trip when I was 16 and was hooked. I had never done anything like that and I loved it. And so I was like, okay, how can I do more Where'd of that? Where'd you go? Uh, I went in the San Juan wilderness. Okay. In, yeah. yeah. Out of Pagosa. Yeah. That'll get you hooked. Yes, it will. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I applied to work at the Outdoor Pursuit Center at Texas Tech, which is a leadership training program. Um, and it's a trip program. So I got to do trip leading, like backcountry trips for students at Tech. Then I also worked at the climbing wall and was wall manager for a while. And then um, I also do like a bunch of other stuff with them, like social media. So I did that for three years and that was really fun. And that's where I learned a lot of my like hard technical skills that I didn't have before. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so adventure is not new at this point to me, but I'm definitely like more addicted to it. (laughs) And like the more times I do it, the more I appreciate and value it. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes for me. It's become a necessity. I've just realized mm-hmm. that I need food, water, and adventure, and outside, mm-hmm. and all those things. So, um, tell me about your first trip to Big Bend. How did that go? Like my first ever trip yeah, to your Big fir- Bend. Well, the one uh, with Adventure Media because you came here last. So last year, year we did Rio Doso. Oh yes, yes. So we were. Um, we started in the town and then we rode out and it was a lot of double track and gravel riding with a little bit of forest roads and some single track, but it was not anything as technical as what we're doing out here. I got you. But yeah, I, on our second day, I, we were coming down this really, really steep gravel road, like super steep and people were dropping bikes along the way, stopping to take pictures. And so it kind of pushed a line to the left. And just bad luck, I was coming down, and my tire hit a rock, and it slid my bike out from under me, and I somersaulted three times, hit my head on the ground, got knocked out, then woke like up. out, out? Yeah, for a second, and then Whoa. as people came over, I was, like, starting to regain my senses, and... um of course, you know, they're all photographers and videographers, so there's video of me talking afterwards. Mm. I don't remember that. <laughs> and... um yeah, and I got a concussion. It destroyed my helmet. Like, I hit a rock and it punctured it all the way through the helmet, which is crazy because it's like, 
that's hard to do with the helmet yeah. that I have. Yeah, you and had a serious impact. Thankfully, I got a crash replacement, so that was great. But um, So it went all the way through, but didn't actually hit your head? The uh, rock the rock went through the helmet? but I, didn't... Don't, I didn't have a scratch, but I had a huge, huge bump on the back okay. of my head. Yeah. But yeah, and I was obviously devastated, especially, you know, it's hard, like, it shows that it can happen to anyone because I was the most technically, quote unquote, profi- proficient person on the trip mm-hmm. and had the most backcountry experience. But like it just yeah. stuff can happen. I said that to one of the other guys uh, yesterday, like we mm-hmm. were talking. I'm like, it's serious out here. Yeah. Like in, I could crash. I, yeah. I mean, it, it's well within reality that I could take a spill and I could get hurt like any mm-hmm. anyone could. So exactly. You have to definitely keep that in mind and respect it. Yeah, for sure. So for what sure. happened after you got the concussion? Did they, yeah, what'd they do? Yeah, so last year we had a sag wagon. So um, they brought the van over to the end of the gravel road and I just walked my bike down. I tried to ride it down. I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> I was not fine. Um, and so we we get to the bottom and they're like, let's just take you in town because Foster's wife, Amanda, is a nurse and uh so I was going to go see her in town and she was like, yeah, you're not going back out there at least for sure. Not today. So I stayed in town for a night and then I was like, I have to get back out there. So I just slept and rode in the wagon, or the, the van for the rest of the trip. And I didn't get to ride my bike again, which was really devastating. Um, but I still got to produce and still get to be outside, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, concussions suck. <laughs> they, it lasted a long time. Um, just like headaches and pain and fatigue, wow. but yeah. Is that when you decided to get your woofer? Or so I had it already. You did? Yeah. So I got that two and a half years ago, or this is my third year of having it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I was. it was weird being like the person who had to be thinking through my symptoms even when <laughs> well, that's what all I that was, was going on in my head. What I wondering is you probably weren't thinking too clearly because you decided you were wanting to get back on your bike and you're like oh i'm fine yeah when your training would probably tell you that that's a bad idea exactly and it was i think that that was one of the most challenging things was like advocating for myself what i needed what i wanted muddling through that Mm -hmm. and then making the call because i had to make that call no one else made it for me and so yeah because you don't want to seem like a quitter yeah but like when you feel like vomiting all day long (laughs) it's like probably shouldn't (laughs) yeah Yeah. we've all well maybe we all haven't but i've definitely been in situations where it's like borderline okay like what's the right thing to do Mm -hmm. here like can i suck it up right now or is this something bigger than sucking it up and i need to like call it or whatever exactly and that can be a hard decision to make especially when you're embarking on you know something pretty fun Mm -hmm. yeah and you know there's so much training leading up to it but i I was determined to get back in the saddle, so thankfully. How long after were you riding again? Well, hilariously, the only thing I could do without getting an insane, like, debilitating headache was ride my bike. So I just did a lot of road rides on my touring bike whenever I got back, and yeah, because I couldn't run or do any other working out. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you're running, your brain's jiggling around and stuff, so, like, riding is pretty low impact. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how is uh, the Big Bend experience for you so far? Oh. We're uh, here on the morning of day two, so we had one full day and mm-hmm. getting about ready to go uh, go out on the trail again. So how are you feeling? Good. It's been amazing. Um, I love Big Bend. It's my favorite place in the world. So getting to be out here and getting to be biking is awesome. And just like 
the crew that we have is so fun and so dynamic and just like I've been blown away by how many people have never biked before coming to this class or like just the level of commitment of of anticipating something you want to be a part of and making your life work for that thing so like a lot of people bought bikes in this past year to like spread purchases out so they could get ready for this and I just think that's so cool um and it's just like such a testament to the to the value of experiences like this yeah absolutely How would you describe Big Ben to somebody? This is something that I personally struggle with mm-hmm. is is trying to like put words to what Big Ben is. Mm-hmm. Do you think you can oh. give it a shot? Man. I usually if I'm talking to someone about Big Ben who hasn't been here, I'm like I have traveled to a lot of places around the world and this is still by far the best and I mean, just it's rugged and it makes you work for it. And I think that that's what's special about it is because even if you're car camping, you have to work for it to get out, at least in the state park. Um, and you kind of get to earn it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, it's just so rugged and like remote, but so vast. And to have mountains and deserts all and a river, like all in this tight space is just so cool. Man, yeah, I love it. I <laughs> I had a conversation with a ranger recently that I also think kind of sums up the culture of Big Ben. I was out here during the uh the national park closures, so we were in the state park and um we were in the ranger station for the state park and <laughs> the guy was like I was like, How's your day going? He's like, Well, not great. I moved out here so I wouldn't have to deal with people. And all I've been doing all day is dealing with people. Yeah. Uh, That's which, funny because I was here during the closure as well. Oh, and cool. we, we were at the state park mm-hmm. and we talked to the rangers, of course. And how you do? I mean, there was 20 people in the ranger station. Yeah. And every ranger was in there and none of them were. They were all very friendly. Of course. But, yes. you know, they they the people that live out here and work out here are not super social and want mm-hmm. to deal with like a bunch of people yeah exactly and we need those kind of people or else no one would work out here <laughs> yeah for sure it's definitely you have to know what you're getting into but if you do man i have a friend awesome. that lived out here for a year and he he loved it their his, their nearest neighbor was 45 minutes away oh my gosh and uh That's but his wife got pregnant in the hospital like you said is like two yes i think it was actually uh three hours from his house because he lived at Los Alamos. Oh, yeah. So he had to get out of the park first, which took an hour and a half and then Man, another whatever it was yeah. to get to the hospital. And having to go for baby checkups and stuff. That Just that gives you a good idea of, like, the vastness. Like, he yeah. lived legitimately from his house inside the state park. It took him an hour and a half mm-hmm. driving rugged back, you know, country road. Not even country, just back, yeah, back yeah. country roads. Um, just to get to like a road that would take you two hours to the nearest hospital. Yeah. And they would do that just to go grocery shopping too. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so crazy. (laughs) What's your favorite? The, uh, the mountains and the geology or the stars at night? Oh man. The stars are, they're so incredible. My favorite is the Ocotillo. It's my favorite plant. And, um, I call them like little desert aliens or they look like, aggressive pipe cleaners one of yes. those two things <laughs> but um yeah the the uh, the sky is insane and it 
every time I see it, I'm both sad and amazed. Just sad because, like, what did that look like before the invention of light? Like, or the invention of the light bulb? Mm. You know, like, before light pollution was as bad as it is now, what did our night sky look like? Yeah. So I get a little bit like, hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, That's one of the so nice cool. things about Big Bend is that you, it's one of the places on Earth, probably one of the fewer mm-hmm. places on Earth where you can actually get just an incredible night sky view. And, yeah, it's still... Uh, dampened by yeah. light pollution but i mean it's if crazy. you live in the city and you've never been out to a place where you can really see mm-hmm. the stars you have no idea what you're missing out on yeah it's i mean being able to like wake up in the middle of the night in your sleeping bag and look up and see the arm of the milky way is insane yeah like it's just magical and i grew up going to star parties at the um davis observatory in fort davis mm-hmm. the mcdonald mm-hmm. observatory in fort davis and um yeah it made me have a lot of wonder about the the big bent skies which keeps me coming back <laughs> yeah yeah i can't pick between the two i i love the geology mm-hmm. and the night like i i don't know i i have these debates with myself sometimes <laughs> like which one's better not that it matters they're all right. good but <laughs> i just i love them both you just i mean the days are awesome mm-hmm. because you're surrounded by just incredible views and they expand so far. I mean, mm-hmm. everywhere you look is a, is a beautiful view as yes. far as you can see. And then at night you can see so far into the night sky. Mm-hmm. You can see the curvature. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You, you feel, it makes you feel so small. Yes, exactly. And that's why I love coming out here. Cause I always get perspective on just everything, you know? Well, just circling back what you said, like it makes you earn it. Mm-hmm. That's what I think adds to it being a special place because big bend isn't going to give you anything like yeah. everything that you get you earned it mm-hmm. you earn the experience and when you finish you can feel good about that yeah. because it didn't like hand it to you um and so that that ruggedness and remoteness like it really adds to uh, your experience and mm-hmm. the value you get out of it yeah exactly and i I struggled a lot as a child and still now too, like with fears and insecurities and doubts about myself or my body's <clears throat> abilities and getting outside has been truly like not to be a cliche, but life changing in that I've learned to trust my body more and like yeah. I can look back on things I've done and say, okay, I did that. I can do this. And like, I don't think that if you have those fears or insecurities, I don't think they ever go away. I think you just get better at mitigating them and creating yeah a catalog that you can go back on and look at and say, okay, I did that. I could do this. And so, so cool. Yeah. I do the exact same thing. It's all just a progression. You teach yourself, you can do something. Mm -hmm. Then you teach yourself, you can do something else. And it's just a continuation. Yeah. So whenever I see people, I'm like, Oh, I can never do that. And I don't say that anymore. I'm like, okay, I, I, it's still crazy, but I can (laughs) understand that there's a pathway to Mm -hmm. get to that. So I've had a very similar experience. That's, that's neat. Um, I want to talk about your, uh, bike packing festival. Yeah. What, what is it exactly? Yeah. So man, ladies only. Yeah. Well, only for now, hopefully culture change and we can make it a whole party for everyone. But, um, so one of my friends and I are really passionate about getting more people on bikes and, um, her name is Becky and we work together at the Outdoor Pursuit Center. And we, she had an idea for a mountain biking festival. And since I do professional portrait photography and kind of have experience with marketing and business stuff, she was talking to me about it. 
and asked if I wanted to be the person to partner with her on it. And so I was like, heck yeah. (laughs) So I jumped in. That was about a year ago now. And we've slowly been working on things and meeting with people, trying to figure out, okay, can we actually make this happen? And she has the idea of doing it in Fayetteville because Fayetteville is trying to establish itself as more of a mountain biking center. They've been building out trails like crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And so when a lot of people go to Arkansas, they go to Bentonville for mountain biking. But Fayetteville wants to kind of get their name on the map. And so we were like, awesome. There's like the city wants it. So they'll be supportive of us. And um, we just feel like there's a need for a festival that does more than just bike demos um which is great and awesome oh, i agree but we'll have bike demos don't worry but um <laughs> but we wanted something that could be more of a learning experience yeah. and a community builder because so for both she and i grew up in families that didn't do outdoor technical stuff at all and don't understand why we do it um and often just think danger danger like be mm. careful be safe and while it's sweet it can also get you know hard for you to hear that over and over again that they're worried of the danger yeah you're carrying Um, that with you exactly yeah and we realize that a lot of the women that come into the outdoor pursuits in our program um are a little bit behind compared to the men in the program and that they don't have a support system whether that's family or Mm. friends they get told more often like why do you do that how do you do that than the male counterparts and just realizing that like to get into mountain biking which is already a pretty male dominated sport um there's just there's barriers to entry Mm -hmm. and so we want to make those go away (laughs) and so our festival we actually a little girl came up to her recently and was like how old do you have to be to come to your festival (laughs) and she was 12 we're like we'll make sure we'll do 12 then (laughs) um but yeah we want it to be a place where people of all ages and all experience levels like literally if you rent a bike for our festival that is fine yeah um can come and we'll do workshops so things like basic bike maintenance uh maybe more advanced bike maintenance we'll do like how to like some parking lot techniques like how to sit in your saddle when you do this and um just like teach people how to ride that want that and then we'll also do like wellness stuff so race training uh, basic nutrition, how to pack for trips. Um, and then we'll also do bike demos and a lot of group rides because Fayetteville has awesome greenways and, um, and gravel riding and, uh, mountain biking. So we have a lot to work with, which we're really excited about. And it'll be uh, also a camping festival. So people can camp on site of the where the event's taking place they can bike pack to the festival i'm kind of hoping that someone does that that they ride the greenway and come hang out but um when are y'all hoping to launch that so we're hoping to launch uh in the fall like okay like make it out there where people can start looking at it and then plan is to uh hold the event this time next year okay cool because have you heard that the ACA is releasing a new thousand mile uh, route from Hot Springs to Bentonville? Yes. Yeah. So yes. that would be cool. Like I could drive up to Hot. Well, my wife could drive up to <laughs> Hot Springs and uh-huh. then bike in and uh, camp and bike out or something. Like, yeah. I love Northwest Arkansas and every, everything they have. They everything yeah. they have going on there and how they're sub- supporting 
bikers, cyclists, the community, mm-hmm. and they're embracing it. Exactly. So it's a it's like the perfect spot to mm-hmm. hold a program like that. And like genuinely, that that sounds awesome. Like <laughs> doing something like that for women. I had the benefit of being a man. Like generally, mm-hmm. like if you look at just the Girl Scouts versus the Boy mm-hmm. Scouts. Like I grew up going to Colorado and Wyoming, yeah. and we came out to Big Bend and. Mm-hmm. We did some very amazing things, but on the girl, the girl scouts, on the other hand, I think they sell cookies. I don't know what else. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know they do a few other things, but I, gen- I think they used to like teach like baking and stuff. Yeah. You know? No, they did. Yeah. And that's um, for and, sure. And like, I want to say like, there are, it's awesome men. It's like not dude's fault that this is our culture, yeah. but I think we're all responsible. It's not for my like, fault. Ch- Someone yeah, created Boy Scouts exactly. or whatever, but it, it, the the end result is, regardless of how we got here, women, by and large, probably come into these types of events with a deficit mm-hmm. of some sort and with experience or riding bikes. Like you said, it's mostly male dominated mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, I want as many people riding bikes as possible mm-hmm. and everybody knows that women are the fastest growing segment of cyclists yeah. and the biggest opportunity for growth. Exactly. It's so, a good business move. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. That's a whole <laughs> population and demographic of people that want to ride. But like, I mean, you know, women specific bikes that are actually good are just now becoming more of a thing. Like, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's hard to find gear. Like that's another thing is I know there's some women on our trip here in Big Bend that had a really hard time finding stuff to fit their bikes because they're small. Yep. And yeah, it's just like, how can you bike pack on a small bike? How do you use the space best? And so I think that there's a lot of room for growth. That's a great one. My wife is five foot two. She rides an extra small frame. Uh, and so I had to get a custom frame bag mm-hmm. for her. Um, I try, I, I research upon research trying to find something. I was blown away by the fact that nobody made a frame bag for a extra small salsa Fargo. Like yeah. that's a pretty common yeah. bikepacking <laughs> bag, bike. Um, okay. And so I solved that problem. I got a custom one and then I went to the saddle bag and there's no clearance between the tire and the seat. And it took me three purchases. I like read the measurements. I'm like, mm-hmm. I think this will work. And I finally found one. And I'll, so I'll put this out there. Um, the only frame bag, saddle bag uh, that I found that works, and my wife has like five, five and a half inches of clearance, is um, the Porcelain Rocket Mr. Fusion Mini. And if you know Porcelain Rocket, it seems like they're all limited runs. So you just have to watch and wait for one to come on. But those work awesome because there's a frame that hooks to the seat post. And so it's not going to bounce. And then, the yeah, it's just, it's a really good system. But more to your point, it was a huge struggle to mm-hmm. try to figure out how to just simply outfit her bike. Like I have a wife that wants to go and yeah. ride. She wants to do these things. And it's like, okay, well, now let's talk about the how we're going to mm-hmm. get you out there. And it wasn't exactly. easy. Yeah. And imagine if, if someone was doing all that research themselves with no prior experience yeah. and no one to go to because like, yeah, I even get intimidated going into some bike shops and some places. Like if I say something wrong or don't know something about my bike, like I've had bikes taken out of my hands when I'm working on them and I work as a bike tech oh. <laughs> and like it still happens. Um, and that it gets in your head and you're like, okay, even though I have years of experience, like this stuff still happens. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, our goal is to like show 
people that even if those things might still happen but like that doesn't change you know your abilities and Mm -hmm. uh hopefully bridge the gap that exists in a lot of the education or resources people have when you'll show guys too that women are badasses too yeah and you can love i love your message i love everything about it it's so cool so what can uh the bikepacking community do to kind of support y'all and help you maybe roll this thing out or is there anything you're looking for for support yeah i mean eventually we'll be looking for vendors so if people want to come out and set up booths um to show their gear off or talk about their message or whatever and um but right now our big thing is getting funding so (laughs) we're trying to get investments um and we have a few but yeah that's our big next step and then we can start making it happen for real so if you're bikepacking bag company and you want to make (laughs) women specific bags yes this would be the perfect time to launch it it really would i mean you could go like hand in hand yes that would be awesome that's so cool. Well, um, all right. So if someone wants to like reach out to you to find out more about the just you or the program, mm-hmm. their mountain bike festival, I mean, um, yeah, how can they look you up? Um, so we're working on getting a website set up and uh, social media. But right now, probably the best way would be to email me, <laughs> um, which is Anna Claire, A-N-N-A-C-L-A-I-R-E, B Photography at gmail.com all right sweet well i can't wait to uh <laughs> send my wife to your festival yes and you can make it a family fair you can come camp I'll, out and... i'll come i'll come and hang out yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we love that area we just bought some land there so any excuse i can get to go up there yeah i'm, I'm down to do it for sure all right cool sweet thanks all right. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Hopefully you can appreciate and understand why I chose to release that episode as a standalone episode. She's amazing, a total badass, and I really want to support her and what her and her friend have, uh, what the, and what her and her friend are trying to do. Um, so if you're a business or an organization and you want to help these ladies put together an awesome bikepacking festival specifically for women, reach out to her and let's help them out. Let's show them some love and let's make that happen because I know a lot of people could benefit from that. All right. And, uh, once again, you can find me at Instagram on Instagram at bikes or death. If you want to keep up with me in the show and I now have a Facebook page so you can find me on Facebook at bikes or death and one more time, Patreon, Bikes or Death. Let's uh, make that new equipment a reality. Thanks, everyone. Now go ride your damn bike. Yeah.